0: Start our podcast right there.
1: <laughs> right. We've been talking about slavery and people twisting Paul's teachings and why they shouldn't,
0: including slaves themselves, probably right. Yeah. In order to to not have to pay back their debt, or you know, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons, but 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 even to free themselves and say ah jesus has freed us by his words and we get to go free now it's like wait 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 wait, we still have to abide by and that's that's not what we like to hear necessarily but if we have a you know we explained that a little bit more in detail the last couple of weeks um, i think and i think we came to a um, a conclusion we'll just put it that way
2: so was slavery okay Slavery is not
3: okay, but God has bigger fish to fry.
0: So we come to the conclusion, I think, um, the conclusion is slavery is never God's ideal. It's never God's ideal. Um, but sometimes when we push too hard against something, it, it, it I, you go from one ditch into the other ditch, instead of God's, God's plan tends to take more time than we're willing to give it. <laughs> I, I see this often. Well, in our own lives, and especially in, in a lot of the biblical stories, he he takes his time with some things, and we don't like that. We want it all fixed right now, and instead he said, "Be patient, wait on me, and I'll fix these things." And I think, I think slavery is not even a, a an exception, and we we don't need to immediately turn to American slavery and think that was the whole the whole thing. You remember all that? American slavery is actually a different beast than than other slavery, and we just don't even. Okay, All Right. Well, one thing,
1: one thing that we might get into more tonight is the fact that you also need to be cognizant of your motives, right? I mean, anybody can co-opt the Bible to, you know, suit their goal. But is your goal to actually be in accord with the Bible or is it to make the Bible in accord with your goals?
0: Right. And, to, and anytime you are subjecting somebody under your power and using the Bible to manipulate that, you're, you're doing that the bible was never intended to do that while it takes us where we are and tries to bring us closer to jesus and i think that's part of the struggle with the old testament when we when we when new like beginning bible believers start to just just dig into the old testament i'm going to read the whole bible we're going to get it it's like the problem with that is is that the old testament with a lot of it yeah it's pointing to jesus but jesus is a long ways off and a lot of those people don't even know about what's coming right and so they're actually they're actually really far away from the ideal, and God has to bring them all the way back to
4: it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. With that said, uh, I think we can read a couple. A couple. Can we get two verses, Andrew? We, we can certainly read
1: two verses.
0: I'm sweating. I'm ready. So. All right. All right.
1: Verses 4 and 5. Of what chapter? First Timothy chapter 6.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll throw 6 in there for good measure. He is proud, knowing nothing. Well, hold on. I'm going to start in verse
0: 3. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) If any man teach otherwise, and does not consent to wholesome or healthy words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, then he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and striving of words, from which comes envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputations of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw yourself. But godliness
3: with contentment is great gain. Mm.
0: Mm -mm -mm.
3: John Tetzel. <laughs> would, you, would you care
1: to elaborate on that story, Anson, for those <laughs> that may not know?
3: Take heed. Lay a stone for St. Peter's and you lay the very foundation of your own salvation. A.K.A. selling indulgences. Uh,
0: yes, of course. Okay.
3: Yeah, so for those that don't know,
1: John Tetzel was a contemporary of Martin Luther and he was the Catholic Church's Indulgent salesman extraordinaire in Germany. And he got Luther riled up. Marketer.
0: He was, yeah, he was, they were in conflict, right? These two. Martin Luther. Okay. I don't know much about him. I've heard the name, but I just don't.
3: He's sort of the comic relief in the movie Martin Luther. Ah.
0: Okay. So, uh, can you help us link what you just said with the text how do these two things connect
3: he kind of fits the very description given by paul in this being proud knowing nothing and doting about questions and strifes of words and from which came envy strife railings evil surmisings and supposing that his godliness was a way for him to get rich and for people he was working for to get rich. Kind of twisting the Bible to his own ends.
2: When I read this, my mind just went straight back to Genesis chapter 3. And it's just like a repeat. There's nothing new under the sun kind of thing. As far as the snake
0: the garden
2: yeah so he's proud we know that the power behind that serpent lucifer satan had a proud streak knowing nothing he 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 just wasn't going to accept the truth so he had the false doctrine doting i thought the word doting was interesting because when you look it up in the Strong's, the definition is to be sick. That is by implication of a diseased appetite to hanker after. And we know that the temptation regarded appetite. And what do you hunger for? You know, what are, are you hungering for truth? Or are you hungering for something else? And then we know about, you know, the questioning. They asked the question. Um, They were searching for something. They were searching for something outside of God, unfortunately. And it led to this play on words, that stripes with words. When you look it up, Strong's was a disputation about trifles. So it was, was that what God surely said? And then that just led to envy, strife, railings. The railings was interesting. It was when you look it up in concordances, especially against God, blasphemy, evil speaking, rowing.
1: All of the consequences that well, most of the consequences that Paul lists in these two verses are either are like symptoms of corrupted relationships,
3: right? You know, striving, argument,
2: pride to a certain extent, evil
1: surmisings, you know, perverse disputations.
0: Yeah, which can all be linked back to evil entering the human race, right? Which is linked back to Genesis 2. Right. Um, okay, so this is what it says in the in the Message Bible. You know what the Message Bible is? A paraphrase. Anything? It is a para. Yes, very good. It is not a translation. Thank you, A paraphrase, but it's helpful. It's helpful. Okay, so um, here we go. This is what it says. It says, um, "Tag them for what they are: ignorant windbags who infect the air with germs of envy, controversy, bad mouthing, suspicious rumors." Eventually, there's an epidemic of backstabbing and truth is but a distant memory. They think religion is a way to make a fast buck. And a devout life brings wealth, but it's the rich
2: simplicity of being yourself before God. So that brings you back to the chiastic. Is that what it was called?
3: Chiastic
0: structure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just gotta
1: ask, does a mask prevent transmission?
0: Uh, well it's it's kind of like throwing sand at a chain link fence, Jonah. Like it helps some of it, but it won't totally, you know, prevent okay. All right. Uh, anywho, but but this actually just shows you the 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 intrinsic, meaning within itself, sin is self destructive. Like this is what's going to happen. Anytime we do this, anytime our life is filled with sin or or selfishness, pride, like all those things mixed in there, it we it just hurts ourselves and it hurts the people around us and it actually shows that it's infectious, right? And I think that's a huge that's a huge deal because because we're so reliant upon we're made to be community, um, community right? We're we're made to be in community with each other in a community as well. We need each other, right? And so when there is something that is wicked, it's easy for these people to corrupt what has become good and what is
2: already um, happening.
3: What?
2: I think it's Zoom at the moment, because you both are. Jake, there's a really weird muffle on your channel right at the moment. Maybe try speaking again.
0: How about now? Better. Better? Okay. Maybe I wasn't supposed to, maybe that was the germs I wasn't supposed to share over there. All right. Um anyway, um, just that that anytime you live in a community, it's kind of like a um, yeah, it's like inoculate you have to inoculate the uh, you know the chemistry class where you you, you don't transfer new things over and this is kind of why he says to keep this type of attitude out of the church it's not that you need to keep people with that are struggling with things out of the church of course not that's like that's like part of being a church right we struggle with stuff but it's people that are just set in their ways and and going in this direction and manipulating the text manipulating other people for their own gain which you see in the church today by the way a lot of it
2: So it's the intentionality behind it, not the progress of learning with an open spirit. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've certainly been guilty of this on occasion, right? Well, where I'll ask a question because I know I'll get a rise out of somebody versus (laughs) asking a question because you genuinely want to know the answer. Did you
2: just ask kind of questions to get rises out of people?
1: Right. But mine mine weren't necessarily in order to educate people or to bring attention to an issue. It wasn't, <laughs> well,
0: it was more of a tearing down question you're saying.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that's what Paul's warning against. And, you know, on a national level, you know, the social discourse, de- you know, basically hits lows every four years, right? Because people you know people get divided on particular issues and it comes up in the national conversation it just spreads across the entire country and when people have when a certain topic is in the spotlight about which two people tend to disagree fervently right then you know their conversation spreads to other people and then you know it's just it it spreads outward right and in the case of a national election you know it's just everybody is triggered by it so
0: Yeah, it's like we have a, a, you know, we're worried about social distancing because coming into contact, but but the real, he's talking about the real virus here, the real problem is actually in in things that we say, which can be transmitted over over great distances now because of technology and stuff like that. This is the thing we need to be most aware of and and careful of. So the the beginning thing, some um, of the Bible says, uh, um, some versions say he is conceited, uh, he is proud. This term literally means he's swollen, like with air, hot air, like it's like a balloon, right? It's puffed he's, up. Huh? Puffed up. Yeah, he's puffed up. I, uh, it's, exactly. Yeah, he's puffed up with 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 his pride, right? Full of him, full of himself. Full of
2: hot air. Right. There's no room for God in it.
0: Yeah. Funny how that works, huh? And then I, I also saw something, uh, but just just we are, Crystal and I were reading our marriage book, and it was just it was just interesting that um, selfishness is weird because when we're selfish, it actually blinds us to our own selfishness. It's it's the craziest thing. Like when we become selfish, we actually can't see that we're being selfish because they are focused on us. Cool. All right. Very good. Lots of thoughts on that one. It's
2: one to ponder.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: That's why we got silence.
0: Okay. 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 <laughs> but but it was talking about it within the marriage context. Now think about this for a second. Now we can put this in many in many uh, any any human relationship. Okay. When you become selfish and you're saying, um, uh, you're only focusing on your needs and somebody says something and you revert it back to yourself because I need to feel better about myself or I need to feel sorry for myself. You realize, okay, we don't need to head down this, but just real quick that that actually um, we focus on self-esteem and self-esteem is so important, right? Super important, right? Okay. No, no,
2: no. In a okay. healthy way, yes. Okay. <laughs> it Like anything can go to an extreme.
0: Yeah, and where are you getting the self-esteem from? Because if you have a low self-esteem, and according to, to stuff like this, if you have a low self-esteem and a high self-esteem, you get the same result. Did you know that? We tend to think we if we have a high self-esteem, we're proud of ourselves, okay? And, and we think a lot of ourselves think about that statement for a second. We think a
2: lot about ourselves. Okay. The selfishness.
0: Ah. Okay. When you have a low self-esteem, you know, what's different. You don't think too much of yourself. No, no, no. Thought of
4: yourself, but in a negative way.
0: Yeah, this is it. So it's the same result actually, right? Very good, Lauren. So you actually have the same problem. So we think, oh, I need to, I need to think bad thoughts about me. I need to beat myself up. Right. No, this is, this is the same problem. You're still thinking about yourself. I love C.S. Lewis's quote where he says, no, it's not about thinking of myself, uh, high of myself or low of myself, but thinking. He does it much more profound than that. But thinking of myself less, right? It, it's like, not this. And this is the opposite term. It's like, he's fucked up. He's swollen with, him, with himself, right? One way or another. Ah, ah, which leads us to the next thing, okay? So he is proud and says knowing nothing. How are those two things actually linked? When we when we just discover what we just talked about, okay, how is it linked with this idea of knowing nothing?
3: Dunning-Kruger.
0: Uh, Anson, you got to explain it a little bit buddy, when you come in with these one. Okay, go ahead. What What do you mean? What do you mean?
3: Dunning-Kruger is essentially the link where uh, the less you know, the more you think you know. So essentially, if you know very little and you you don't know how much there is to know, and so you think that you know everything about it, Hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I understand it perfectly now. (laughs) A little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. That's
0: right. Okay. So how, again, how does, that, at the, I, I believe that the all these things are linked and, and he's actually building one upon the other. Okay. So how does that, how is that linked with being proud? How is that linked with knowing nothing? Like why do those things go together? We're thinking of ourselves
2: and knowing Being nothing.
0: blinded. Yeah.
1: I mean, when Paul talks about knowing nothing here, right, I think he's he's talking about on a spiritual level, right? He's not talking about, you know, book knowledge, right? And in that context, it's very difficult to be proud if you're actually aware of how low you are relative to the gold standard, right? I mean, if, if you actually know how far humanity has fallen, then
3: what you there's nothing to be proud of yeah and so it's a spiritual dunning kruger effect
0: so so i i don't think it's only spiritual but (laughs) thank (laughs) you yeah um i don't think it's actually only spiritual i think i think he's talking about far more than that because i think there's a social dimension actually to this
3: too because of where he takes this okay
0: you know the difference between iq and eq right
3: anybody Intelligence quotient and emotional quotient. Okay.
0: They're finding, at first, we used to think that IQ, this is all we measured. IQ was by far the most important thing because they know a lot, right? But they're finding out, like, when when they're hiring somebody or when you're doing some sort of thing, the EQ is far more valuable in this life, okay? Emotional intelligence, understanding other people and how to work things is far more valuable than IQ. Why is that? have you ever been around somebody okay i don't want to because
2: you can relate
0: ah okay yeah
2: you're not above them you're not below them you are equal you can relate and sympathize and empathize and you can help
4: yeah
0: yeah this is how he's talking about i think ultimately it it comes down to human relationship right And, and relationship with god and 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 like when, when you have a high IQ but no EQ at all, you're the most miserable person to be around. You can quote all the scripture you want, by the way, and it's just like, okay, you have no idea what what people actually need, which tells you that you don't actually know what the Bible says. You can quote all you want, and you can say you know all this stuff, but until you understand relationships, you don't actually know what the Bible's talking about.
1: If you haven't so, been around one of those people, it might be you. <laughs>
0: Was that directed at me? (laughs) It it
1: wasn't directed at anybody in
0: particular. Okay.
2: Uh, And that's that's why he was bringing up the widows, bringing up, um, you know, all these situations prior, right? He's just reflecting back to those.
0: Lauren, your screen lit up. That means you need to speak.
4: You want me to take it? (laughs)
0: Oh, hey, something.
4: (laughs) uh, Nope, I have nothing to say.
3: (laughs) Okay. Okay, so. Go ahead, go ahead. When it says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, does that indicate that um, if you do not have, if you have an uncorrupted mind, then you don't get engaged in such disputes? And it's just the people of crap minds that are disputing with each other.
0: Okay. Well, what is uh, what does James say about disputes and arguments and quarrels? Where does it come from? Remember? I think I remember, but let's just make sure. James, I think it's chapter one.
2: Are you "Don't Be Deceived"?
0: No, I oh. maybe I don't know
2: in James. Don't deceive yourselves. Do not. Mar- oh, okay.
3: I do think that there are constructive arguments, like Jonah and I have all the time, but well, well, maybe <laughs> not. Constructive, How constructive some of those
1: arguments are might
3: be. Maybe debated. not constructive, but it's not like perverse disputings. <laughs> More of like that at a yes they are a
1: yes they're not more
4: <laughs> agreeing with anson that you can have disputes that are not the perverse dispute.
0: Yeah. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs>
2: they're kind of frivolous. They have no true depth or meaning, right? But if you're talking about having a Are you talking more about like a debate, Anson? Mm-hmm.
0: James 4-1. Sorry.
1: What does James 4-1 say, Jake?
0: What does James 4-1 say? Thank you. I was waiting for that. Uh, James 4 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? You do not come from your desires for pleasure and war in your members. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and do not obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Woo! you do not receive because you ask amiss and that you may spend it on your pleasures in other words like where does all this come from like all these all these destructive patterns come from well it comes from a selfishness within you which is actually a broken relationship between you and god right mm-hmm. it's actually taking what uh, all those things he's saying is like a, it, it's, it's an action of actually not trusting god that's given us actually enough It's a lack of contentment, which is actually where he goes with this, right? It's like, I I need more than what I've been given. And I'm going to take it on my own terms, which is actually going to put somebody else out when I do those things, right?
1: Which relates back to the earlier discussion about how you're supposed to deal with your social situation, which you might find unfavorable.
0: Yeah. And then, okay, so that I think that links up with the second part, which answered for us, but, but is obsessed with dispute and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, and evil Envy, strife, reviling. Okay, okay. Uh, well, okay, okay, let's think about these terms for a second, like envy, strife, reviling. What are these things, right? These are kind of words that we don't normally use uh, it's not normal talk necessarily, but what are these things um, are individually? Or what does yours say?
4: Envy, it just means envy. Ill will, jealousy.
0: Anything else?
4: <laughs> yeah, mine had that
2: doting about questions. strife of words. Comes envy, strife, railings. I'm sorry, railings. An evil surmising.
0: Yeah, I like. Uh, of surmising is their suspicions, right? Which what's what's a suspicion, a surmising, or, or what was it called in this one? It says it's a um. Uh, oh, like a rumor. Break down a rumor. Break break down what the what these what this term means. Fake news. Oh man, you had to bring it up, didn't you, Jonah? Yeah. Okay.
4: Info that's being like passed around that may or may not have any valid standing.
0: It's a lack of truth, right? There's actually nothing that you can set it upon that's actually true, right? And uh, yeah, why would anybody state things like that? I have people that do this to me all the time. They're like, well, because of this. And then they'll, I was asking somebody, somebody was trying to, forced me to be a vegan um a few months ago and uh saying that i you know you can't really hear the holy spirit unless you're a vegan anyway okay i that's bizarre to me and i understand why people say that but i don't understand why people say that okay and um okay so i was asking like okay well i'm probably gonna eat i'm trying to meet them in the middle right and i'm like okay so if I go to Alaska and eat salmon with, with my family, which is what I'm go- probably going to do, I heard that's a really healthy meat, right? Like that's common thing. Is that okay, right? And in order to make their point, they sent me this bizarre article on, <laughs> on the mercury level of tuna. Now, okay. Maybe this isn't directly re- resulting, but it's kind of the same thing. In order to make their point, they brought in some outside thing that I wasn't even asking. Like there's there's no connection actually there. Or people make stuff up in order to make their argument because they want to win. They're not actually seeking after the best the the, the truth, right? They're not actually seeking about the best or or the best for the for the for the group best knowledge. Did that not did that not land? Maybe that didn't land for us. Okay.
2: Sorry.
1: That made sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, is your is your goal to make your point or is your goal to arrive at the truth? And all too often, it's to make your point.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because we can't handle being wrong. Because if we are wrong, then it might actually, uh, we've made our foundation on poor things, Right. And I think this, this, goes, this goes back to the fundamental principle that if we build as Christians, if we build our foundation on anything other than Jesus Christ, if there's anything else there, and we make that our foundation. Now, there's other things that build the house, right? But if we build it on anything else, our foundation, it, it, look, you are going to end up doing this. You just are like you you're, you're going to try to make f- people and manipulate them into thinking your way because you've made your foundation something that was never intended to be that way. Yeah. All right.
2: It becomes your word not God's word. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Our identity I think oftentimes as humans is is wrapped up in what we what we believe, right? And so as soon as as you feel like that's being attacked, then you feel like your everything that you are, your whole identity as as a person just like comes crumbling down. So you then have to defend that rather than having your identity be in the truth and whatever that happens to be and comes out to be. Um, yeah, that's a tough one oftentimes.
0: But, but that's a brilliant observation that Jesus even says he's, he's like, I'm the way, the truth and the life. I am the truth. When you find truth, you'll actually see me in those things, right? And I think that's fascinating. And if we're actually searching for that, we're searching for him.
4: Yeah, right. Yes, exactly.
0: But we like to put a box around God and say, well, you know, these pagans out here, they don't know anything about God. It's like, well, they live in a created world Mm -hmm. that somehow reflects their creator. And you can actually learn just because they don't know his name doesn't actually mean that they don't keep in mind it was a roman centurion that first realized this is the son of god right it wasn't even his own people
2: mm.
0: which was a it was a pagan it was a, like they, they knew nothing about yahweh they'd been ta- taught nothing about this yet he recognizes him before god's own people mm. i think that's big and we should take note to that in today's world when we think that we're the remnant Okay, I don't, I don't deny that. I think that's good, but, but when we use those kind of words, we sometimes like exclude people in the general uh, public who actually know him far better than some of the people in our very own church.
4: Interesting, yeah, that's profound.
3: Romans two fourteen.
0: Yes, yes,
3: it's, it's in there, right?
0: People, people out there that know him. Yeah. Romans two fourteen, law and the heart, something. Read it for us, Anson.
3: It'll take me a little bit to get to it. Okay,
0: all right. Should we move on? To-
2: it's kind of like we.
3: I've got
1: it. Over. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Go
2: ahead. Oh. Go ahead.
1: I interrupted you, Tammy, but I'll just read it. <laughs> um, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves.
0: <laughs>
2: I was just going to say, when when you, when you start to eliminate people in that, like you were saying, Jake, I think it's because people have a tendency to make things more complicated than they are. Whereas if it's somebody on the outside, they look at it very simplistically. They don't get bogged down with a lot of the knowledge i put that in quotes um, you know it's like coming to him as a child yeah
0: yeah and a child understands love right they understand the good things and, and and i think sometimes when when we become so complicated that we've lost sight of that we've lost sight of jesus altogether right like right i, I, I was playing basketball uh, when we were in michigan i was playing basketball and you know, I was, (laughs) I was, let's just say I was on my high horse and I was talking about all these cool theological concepts with this guy. And he just starts crying in the middle of me talking to him. And I'm like, okay. Uh, was it that good? You know, he's like, no, I come to church and and I hear all these concepts and I hear all these things. And sometimes I'm just coming there and I just need to know that God loves me. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Like I'm stunned. I'm like I'm. I've gone off the rail, right? I've gone off so and such so these 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 things that I think that I need to understand, and these intense theological comp, like ideas, and I forget the the simple truth and who Jesus was, and that look you, you have to love people, and you, and people need to know that God loves them, and that yet yeah, that you love them, and if they don't know that, you can't teach them anything. They won't learn.
1: Be ah. On that note, I would refer us to First Corinthians thirteen.
0: Oh, the love chapter.
4: Well, just
1: yeah, I mean just the first few verses, right? Go ahead. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am like sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Yeah. So yeah. it's all just a bunch of noise without the without love behind it.
4: Yeah. So the, that needs to be that that is the root of true fruit right love essentially god yep.
0: and and that is not to be confused with the contemporary version of love of hey i'm gonna accept you and love you no matter what and i'm not ever gonna say anything different it's like well no no, no. like like we enabling people actually harms them and it's not loving to 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 enable people and to continue down this self-destructive path of sin when 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 we're there we help each other out of that stuff right we actually want to we want to 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 stand in front of each other and say hey this is the wrong way let's go let's go over here
1: so on that note how do we differentiate between
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: justified disputing and perverse disputing
0: you, do you love your brother
1: most of the time
0: <laughs> okay
3: likewise yeah okay no
0: this is the thing you're 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 not trying to harm each other you're not trying to subjugate each other right you're not you're not doing this for selfish reasons you're 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 having two ideas that are conflicting this is fine uh right and you're trying to come to the conclusion what's
2: what's the best solution right Seven brother because you love each other. It's how you engage in that discussion. Yeah. Are you building each other up or are you tearing each other down? Yeah.
0: It's a very different thing than what he's talking about right here. right?
1: Yeah. And I think oftentimes when, and I've never been part of church leadership when these discussions have been had, but, you know, when there's a, a big topic that comes up in the church, you know, but, I'll, I'll throw flat, flat earth out there as an example. Right. You know, there are some people even within the church that get totally wrapped up around the axles with this. Right. And I think, you know, or it could be something that's a more theologically substantive question, but I think before entering into any discussion, I think that question should be asked. Right. Hmm. You know, how, how are we approaching this topic? are we approaching it to try, to try and establish our own position? Or are we asking, all right, why, why are we, are, are we coming at this, you know, with love as a foundation? And I think all too often that's missed.
3: Yeah. Flat earth is the theory that the earth is flat.
0: Okay. So uh, (laughs) one within Adventism, I would say not that flat earth theory isn't within it, but, but we, we just don't hear that as much, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a few people are, are gone in that direction. I
1: have, but yeah, yeah, it's not a major one. I mean, but I didn't want to bring up something more contentious than that. Let's say.
0: Yeah. I I think a far bigger one is, is eschatology or or, or, I mean like in times, right? Events. So when we become obsessed with these things that are in the end times or the end of the world and say, we actually miss what Jesus is up to right now. Many times. You see this all the time. We become obsessed with these symbols and what what the Pope is up to. Like, what? Like, yeah, sure. Like, notice those things, but that's not why it's there, right? Like, that's not the whole purpose. The whole purpose is to, to realize that this is... Um, it should be pointing us towards back towards Jesus, right?
2: In a way, sometimes that becomes an an idol because it becomes the forefront and God becomes the backseat.
0: That's a that's a big thing for. I think that was one of the best things that Calvin. While I don't agree with a lot of his theology, that's one of the best things that he promoted was that he's like, look, anything anything out of place and in in it, when it becomes ultimate becomes an idol, literally. Anything in this life can become an idol when it's placed in that spot. Okay, should we move on to five? Yes, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, please.
1: I mean, we kind of already have, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, but 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 should, let's read it again, Lauren.
4: Five. Um. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Mine says constant friction. And I just think
2: like there, there's just no grace. There's no mercy. There's no forgiveness in this. If it's constant.
4: And constant wears on you and everyone else around you. <laughs> that breaks everyone down.
0: Yeah, these are the most miserable people to be around, right? They'll make you promises and they'll, they'll say things and, and make it sound like, they'll manipulate you into feeling sorry for themselves, by the way, this type of person, or, or manipulate you into thinking that you need to do something for them. But when the tables are turned, it, it just never, it
3: never works. Okay, let's Sounds talk- like politicians to me.
0: Oh, there are some good ones out there. I'm sure of it, Beck. Keep praying. Okay. Um,
3: hey, Beck, I'll be running in a few years.
0: <laughs> Hanson Bartran, 2024. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're starting it now? All right.
3: I can't run for president. I would still be too young.
0: All right. Well, once we get into the 2030s. Never
2: say never, Anson.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. So especially towards the end there, we we kind of talked about being destitute of the truth. They they don't even understand because they don't understand human relationships and how they're supposed to work and how everybody's supposed to benefit and we're supposed to be on equal level, right? So, well, does
2: does this have to do with verse 17 of the previous chapter 5? Where they were talking about the a good one was, a good elder was worth like double honor or financial? Or is this something else? Is that what what their (laughs) eye on the prize was?
0: So an an elder or an overseer, yeah, could have been a teacher, but it wasn't limited to being a teacher, right? Where a, a, a teacher could be, actually several other people while the elders were expected to be teachers. Yes. So it maybe includes it, but it's actually broadening. He's broadening the scope, I think, to any teacher or anybody teaching false doctrine, right? Any person within the church that's teaching. Yeah. Um, Okay. So when we talk about this, um, when he uses it as a means of gain, let's talk about that for a second. And then we're going to go to, um, the last little part and what that means but what does it mean to when somebody uses this for for personal gain or for um yeah what does he mean by that
3: john tetzel oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah it could be financial gain is one of the things sure
1: well so is is paul saying here supposing that gain is supposing that godliness can be used as a means of financial enrichment or that if you're financially enriched then you have some modicum of godliness at least right it it, i mean is this like a proto prosperity gospel that paul's talking about or is this like simony
0: so i i think you're getting into verse six because he's actually talking about like what, what great gain actually is but he says don't use these don't use the gospel or use um godliness as a means of gain okay so d-
2: I- you mean like heavenly treasure or earthly treasure here
0: yeah okay so well i wouldn't say heavenly necessarily but some form of spiritual or social treasure okay both of those are important uh, a financial uh, physical treasure is fine as well but there, there are more than just it's more than just um after money okay this is actually far bigger. You know the three thing, three biggest things the to, to on your way out of ministry is. What they tell you first thing they tell you when they come in seminary, sex, money, and power. That's it. Like those are the three big things where the quickest way out of ministry if you're if you're searching for those things. And I would just say the same thing. Like I don't think it's limited to that, but but when we when you're searching over those those are our our means of gain as well they're their means of selfishness as well right and the big one i think i mean i guess you could say sex but the big one um i think within um our denomination is probably power because you're never going to make any money anyway so yeah
1: well there goes my get rich quick scheme
0: yeah no if you're my niece, oh my sweet niece! I was talking to her on Sunday night, and she's like, "I can't believe you got to go to all these places like Turkey and Israel." She's like, "I'm going to be a pastor just to do that," and I was like, "Well, how are you going to make all your money afterwards to pay for all these places?" And she's <laughs> like, I, "You can make money being a pastor." I was like, oh, "I'll tell you what, I'll send you my pay stub and we'll we'll talk." <laughs> No, they actually do very, really well uh, for us. I mean, we have a livable wage. It's not. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound horrible. Uh, But anyway, okay, so we got off track there. Sorry about that. Um, Godliness is a means uh, um, of gain. Did we kind of touch on that or anything more? Um,
3: Well, the Mississippi squirrel revival, Sister Bertha, better than thou kind of
0: used anson you need to
1: quit making obscure references that nobody else <laughs> understands but me
3: <laughs> i get them the pastor understands
1: That's them. that's fine but consider that our audience is not restricted to those people here
3: okay.
0: <laughs> and not even the people in this in this room anymore or this uh, there are people listening from the outside right all right so, so what does it mean to, from such, withdraw yourself?
3: Don't even get involved in it. Stay away from it. All right. Well, withdraw yourself implies that you were in it.
1: Well, I mean, the implication here is that these disputations are within the church. Right? Because, you know, Paul's primarily addressing Timothy's role within the church at Ephesus. So, I mean, I don't know if it's entirely reasonable to expect a pastor to just like stand back from an argument that's like swept through the entire church. And he just says, you know what? I think this is a vain argument and I don't want anything to do with it. He could, he could say, look, the, the the, the truth in this argument doesn't matter
0: right well i i don't know if he's talking about stepping back from an argument or the individual themselves
2: it's pointing out the root of where these things stem from right i mean if if they're after you know they're taking godliness religion and using it for personal gain or some kind of thing that is The root of that is lust, right? And so, um, I mean, this is is like the shepherd's responsibility or accountability to that role is to point out where people, how do I say that? (laughs) Not like, ooh, you're doing wrong, ooh, you're doing wrong, but it's to help lovingly guide them back, call them back.
1: I mean, so if the if the emphasis is on the people here, right? Why does Paul say? Why why is Paul, when he's addressing Timothy or the church leadership, he's saying, "Look, you depart from them."
0: Yeah.
1: Right. As opposed to saying, "Look, you know, tell them to take their arguments outside of the church."
2: So, does that come back to calling them out of the world? like things of the world should grow dim, you know, and then, but if it, it it also leads me to, you know, like, oh, what is that Jake where it's like, if you're, it's not, I can't, let me formulate my question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, take your time. So, um, actually, I, I I just think this is what this is what Paul is instructing us to do because I think this is how he understands. He now sees the God of the Old Testament actually in a different way, and he actually sees Jesus in this way. By the way, and when people continue on their destructive path of sinful and selfish behavior, what does God do? Continually. He actually withdraws his protective hand. He talks about it all the time. He withdraws his protective hand. He withdraws himself. And that's when the destruction comes. It's not that God has to destroy anything. Like sin is, like we talked about in the beginning, intrinsically destructive upon itself. It will self-destruct. Okay. And so what God does is he says, well, look, I I can no longer help you when you're puffed up and prideful because you're full of yourself and I'm going to withdraw myself from you. And I think that's what Paul's commanding us here, here to do. He's like, look, when you see this stuff, actually remove yourself. Like like this this kind of thing, when it, um, this kind of person actually. We don't like to think about that because we don't like to think about anybody beyond being saved, right? But I think this has been a huge detriment to the church in the past that we've just like gone after and gone after and gone after these people who are just completely self, self-centered. The whole point of this, 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 this oh, here's our chiastic, uh, this is coming around, okay? This is good. You remember in First Timothy 1 when, when he's like, I've handed over Hymenaeus and Alexander over to Satan? Remember that? Chapter 1? That's a tough pill to swallow. Right. It's the same thing. He's like, he's like, look, I, I my hands are like washed of this thing and he's actually withdrawing himself not just of the conversation it's actually of the human being himself
2: I always wondered is it really God withdrawing himself or is it you backsliding from God God stays he's there but we get puffed up and we just keep taking steps backward falling backward and getting further and further away
0: I guess I guess withdraw that that terminology of withdrawing is found throughout the Old Testament uh, like look looking in Isaiah look look in many places actually throughout the Old Testament of God's withdrawing I'm going to withdraw my my right hand from you right that's his protective warrior hand so I don't know how that exactly works
3: uh, in Exodus ahead. it's phrased as he will allow the destroyer to come
0: yeah. Yeah. This is when he so essentially
3: passed. he's with literally withdrawing himself.
0: This is, this is a, um, a crucial part in the, in the, in the Exodus story, right? Where he's like, uh, those of you that know me Israelites, you know, you put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the side. Right. And he's like, I and I know and this is what the Passover comes from. And then the, the ones that he protects those that have that and then the other one, the other, some other spirit, the destroyer comes in and actually kills. Good, good point, Nancy. the babies. Ugh, not a, on that thought, let's end our podcast. All right. Super happy thought there. Okay. Let's just hang on. Okay let's end on six let's end on six this is a much better thing to end on i think okay all right somebody read six let's let's hear it where did beck go he hasn't said much
3: he left for somewhere else
0: all right omar he departed
2: did he withdrew
0: <laughs> do you have the text with you omar yeah you said number six yeah yeah verse six so it says but godliness with contentment is great gain
4: amen we can, yes. I get wrong.
0: We, we can sleep peacefully now thank you
3: <laughs> this is referring to a different type of gain than was mentioned earlier mm. i'm assuming
0: How how so
3: Earlier, it was referring to um, ma- more or less material gain.
1: The Greek word is the same. Is it? Yeah.
3: It does yeah. have a different implied meaning, though? I don't think so.
0: It, did I, you, look, oh, oh! I'm about to get up out of my seat. Okay. Look. This is goes back to the James 4 argument, right? He's like, you you, you want all these things. You lust and you do not have. You, you steal and you still don't have. You do all these bad things and you'll never have enough. You'll never, and you'll never feel like you have enough. It just keeps on going. This is the same thing where he's like, look, God knows. This goes back to the Sermon on the Mount too, by the way. He's like, God knows you need clothes. God knows you need food. He knows you need all these things, Right. He knows, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. This is the same thing that's coming here. He's like, look, it's not evil to have money. It's not evil to have all these things. But the problem is, is people, people try to get them by taking advantage of other people, and you're never gonna have enough. Be content with what his God has given you and what he keeps providing you. And guess what? He'll give you more. Like you'll have you'll have massive gains, right? In in, in every area of life. He owns the cattle on a thousand Hills. Okay. I'm about to start. I'm about to go off here. Okay. He's got it all, you know, and we, we somehow think that, Oh God, you're not giving me enough. So we got to go get our own. It'll never work. It'll never work.
1: Considering that this continues on into seven and beyond, I think this is a great trailer for the next podcast. So stay tuned. Come back (laughs) next
0: week. Love it, love it, love it. All right, all right, Beck. Well, you prayed for us at the beginning. Will you take us out too?
2: Anson prayed for us at the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. I'm
3: confused. (laughs) That's
1: okay, just pray for us.
2: Just pray for us so we're not
0: confused right now.
3: Dear Lord, thank you for this meeting. Please help our understanding of you and your word to um, further our knowledge of you. And um, please be with us through the rest of this week. In your holy name, amen. amen. amen.